everyone. Welcome back to Reality 2.0. We're back again. Uh, we're, we're taking things a little slowly these days, but hopefully it's worth it, the wait in between. Uh, so Doc and I, I know, yeah, we're, we've gotten really busy, both of us actually. So, um, but yeah, so it, we're, today we have a few things to talk, to catch up on. And one of them is that Doc's book or Doc and other people, but, uh, yeah, anyway, Clue Train is 25 years old. So that's cool. Uh, and we'll have some stuff to talk about. But we also want to talk a little bit, we'll, we'll get to later, but we're both going to be at scale at the Southern California Linux Expo. And that's coming up uh, March 14th, I believe is the first day. And we'll be there. I'm giving two talks. Doc will be there. We'll probably have stickers. I don't know. It's going to be crazy. I'm pretty <laughs> excited about this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. I just, uh, as you know, but the audience doesn't yet. Um uh, Ilya Rabinovich, who puts it on, has been bothering me to come to scale since it started. And I just responded to his email inviting me from 2003. <laughs> and so 21 <laughs> years later, I'm finally going to make it. And, you know, so I, <laughs> he's going to be surprised to see that. That's uh, great. Anyway, yeah. And we've had yeah. him on. We had him on this podcast, we, right? I don't know if we had him on this one. We talked to uh, him on, on Floss, Floss Weekly. But yeah. yeah, look up the Ilan Rabinovich uh, Floss Weekly, and, and you can hear all the whole history of scale and, and more. And yeah, I think it came out just before the last year's Floss, uh, yeah. uh, uh, scale. A, a yeah. good and noble effort on his part. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really good event. I mean, we've talked about it here. We've talked about it with Kyle and, and other people. Um, it's just a, it's just a really good kind of still grassroots community event. It feels like every other open source event is, well, there's that. There's also All Things Open, which I really like. That's in the fall. So mm. you've got Scale in the spring and All Things Open in the fall, and both are excellent. And, uh, and then everything else in between is kind of run by the Linux Foundation. It's bigger and a little bit glossier. But uh, I really Yeah, more do. corporate. It's it's Because yeah. uh, they're a trade association, and uh, Scale is a bunch of geeks. Yeah. Which is <laughs> that's kind of... Yeah. Which is the soil from which all open source sprang in the yeah, first place. Exactly. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be good. I have to cut it a little bit short uh, because I'm then heading to KubeCon in Paris. I'm not complaining about that because I'm looking forward to the food. <laughs> but <laughs> it is going to be Paris a lot is of great. travel. Paris is great. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. A good thing for me because uh, scale is in Pasadena is that there's a house where we stay. It's uh, It's actually empty most of the time, uh, a friend's house, where we keep a car. We keep our West Coast car there. Our Santa Barbara car actually lives in LA because it's closer to the, to the airport. And so um, I'm going to be able to stay at, at, you know, free in a place and drive over in our own car. It's going to be pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. cool. I will not. I will be walking. To the- <laughs> <laughs> or- I could pick you up. Yeah. I mean, it's a couple blocks. It's not. Yeah. It's not a bad walk. But yeah, it, it'll be really fun. And and um, well, I I mean, I might as well. So the the talks I'm giving are on Saturday morning. One of them, ironically or not, so is about podcasting. So oh, cool. you might want to check that one out. The other one is about security, and software security, and consuming open source software, and like things like dependency management and that kind of stuff. So so that should be fun. Um, but the. The other fun talk that unfortunately conflicts with one of mine is Kyle Rankin's talk. So I should probably plug that. You, we, you all probably know Kyle and, and he's come on and talked to us about the topic of his presentation, which is his knitting clock that he made. So 
um, that's going to be cool. And I'm yeah, sad that really I will cool. have to miss it because I will. And be... you will both miss it because I want to be at your podcast. Yeah, you got you got to so... come in and, and hang out with the, the podcasting geeks. Yeah, so. yeah, it'll Being... be cool. I don't knit, <laughs> so. <laughs> but you might uh, after you know. I don't know. I, 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 I've had I've had some instruction we have on uh, on this show uh, from Kyle, so uh, yeah. it's not like we're in the dark about it. Yeah, which is true. good. I'm, I should I should plug my talk. It's uh, you should. It's a uh, there's an organization uh, that does that's pulling together lots of efforts on personal AI. That's AI that we have for ourselves. Um, not where we are a suburb of OpenAI or Copilot or whatever it is that Microsoft, I mean, Google is calling whatever they're doing today uh, or this week. Um, but uh, Sam Altman, who is the CEO, sometime and again CEO of OpenAI, at their developers conference last November, I think it was, actually said this. He said, uh, what they're all about is individual empowerment and agency on a scale we've never seen before, which I made the title of a blog post. And then the Kauai people said, you would need to come and talk about that at scale. And, and so to me, the, you know, the, the thing that matters, you know, my punch list for personal AI is, you know, has to do with my own health, finances, property, correspondence, contacts, calendar, travel, shopping, you know, and our, my own data collection of stuff. And it's, it's massive and it's out of control and I need to, I, I need AI to help with that, whatever that is. And so yeah. it's going to be about that. And, uh, yeah. I don't expect to ever get any, I don't expect to be empowered, uh, in, in a huge way on my own by open AI or any of them. Uh, I think we need our own. So, and there are lots of people working on that. You don't need, I actually saw a talk today where it was yet another demonstration that you don't need a giant data center filled with NVIDIA processors um, laboring to give you, you know, some pattern recognition on your own computer about something that Wall doesn't Street take sure that much of so. What's that? <laughs> Wall Street sure thinks so. Sure, Wall Street loves it, and and they love <laughs> Nvidia. And Nvidia I wish I had Nvidia stock, but I don't have anything. But so. Um, yeah. So so it, the Kauai Personal AI Summit. If you're looking for it, you go to the the scale website, which is SoCalLinuxExpo.org, and then you can look under co-located events and that's how you'll find it and you'll see doc's picture there and i'm definitely coming to that session and that will be cool and um it ironically (laughs) again not Mm. so (laughs) funny how these all come full circle our last uh, episode actually was about this very topic so uh, yeah and i think we explore it further yeah it's in uh i think i first met you in person at a linux conference of some kind yeah, you know, it had, was. They Linux had a mechanical World. bull, and you're you're the only yes. one with the guts <laughs> oh to ride the mechanical yes. bull. It was um, <laughs> it was 2008, uh, Linux wow. World in San Francisco. Yep, there was right, a mechanical bull. It was dressed as a hard drive, but it was in my <laughs> booth, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." I mean, I was young. <laughs> I, don't know, I wasn't that young, but I was young young enough to be stupid. Yeah, and you I were lasted, younger, like, and that's I was that's when to do it. Always do those things and, when and you're younger. And f- frankly, heavier. So I went over like a ton of bricks, like a like oh, stick no. a sack of rocks <laughs> on a mechanical bull and see what happens. I, and that's I just what know like. you got a lot of cheers. That's, that's what I remember. <laughs> I thought, this girl is special. <laughs> Nobody else is doing that. 
And I was very much not in, later in life, you know, when I played roller derby and whatnot, I might have had the core strength to last more than a half a second, but probably not even then. I would yeah, never get was, any was, of this. I would, it was rough. I would, I would have, I'd, I'd be broken into or have a heart attack or both or, you know. <laughs> My mechanical, yes. my, my mechanical hip would be <laughs> thrown out. I'm glad I got on the thing. You know, it's one of those life experiences, <laughs> you know, that everybody should have, I think. <laughs> yeah, but it was definitely humbling. <laughs> so to the topic at hand, should, should I jump yes. into it? Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, yeah, no, or? yeah. I, I, well, so, okay, I'm going to, I've, I've never actually read all of Blue Train. <laughs> You don't I've read have to. parts it's of okay. it, and I've always felt a little bad about that. Like, I really need to, I've got a copy. I've definitely read parts of it. A couple chapters here and there. But uh, so I, I feel like I can't comment, even though we've had conversations about it many times over the years and very in, in lots of different contexts, too, which isn't really. We've talked about the, the your experiences with the publisher. We've talked about your experience writing it and all of that and, yeah. and things that came out of it. But But I don't know that much about it. The, well, the, the interesting thing about it for me, and and you know, I mean, it's we we always like round numbers. So it it was twenty five years ago in March, March twenty fifth, that we published the website, and the website was such a hit. And this is before there was social media. This is in nineteen ninety nine, March of ninety nine, um, that um, we immediately got book uh, proposals, and we took money and we wrote a book and by the end of August. And then next January, the book came out um, and was immediately a business bestseller. We just basically expanded the website into a book. And um, and it was, it was a radical statement. I mean, it, 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 um, and it was along with the work I did at Linux Journal and on m- helping the world talk about open source. It's the most consequential thing I've done, I think. Um, and in the sense that if you, if you, I mean, over 10,000 books, the last time Google disclosed how many books would show up in a Google book search, over 10,000 books mentioned the word clue train in them. And, um, back when X was still Twitter, the the word clue train was tweeted at least once a day. Um, and this is again, 20 some years after it was first uttered. And, and and the word itself is made up. So it's kind of a fun thing. It's kind of this Easter egg you can find, you know, if you do a search for it. And uh, and it derived from a joke. Uh, the joke was that uh, about a company in Silicon Valley uh, where the clue train stopped four times a day for 10 years and they never took delivery. Kind of a, <laughs> a, a, a common, at the time anyway, knock on any big company that, that was kind of clueless. And... And the funny thing about it is the guy that used that expression to me, and I remembered it, has no memory of ever telling me that. <laughs> he just kind of made it up. But anyway, a guy named, this guy's name was Tony Wessels. Uh, anyway, um, we were, ta- we were three of us, yeah, three of us were m- journalists making our money in marketing and and being very frustrated with how poorly the internet was understood. The internet really only took off after gra- graphical browsing came up, uh, which is really embedded with Mosaic in 94. ISPs didn't come along until 95 in a big way, and even not that big a way. I mean, the phone and cable companies weren't involved at all. You had to go to some you know, company. I, 
I, mine was Batnet in Palo Alto, but there were many, the Little Garden in San Francisco and Panics in New York. These are private small ISPs. And and that early, now we call Web One era, was one of a lot of great discovery and a lot of self-publishing and and a lot of fun development that was very strong in user agency. Uh, we weren't just users. We were writers. We were authors. We were cartoonists. We were we were people with thoughts and opinions and who found that we could now publish on our own. We didn't need to be part of some larger thing. And and we had email. And email was also an open and, and free collection of protocols. And And we were the three of us, I think the four of us actually, because we brought in the technical guy last, um, that was Rick Levine, but Chris Locke and David Weinberger and I did, started talking on the phone in late 98. We had these conference calls back when you still had those as actual conference calls. Uh, and we did this, um, just talked about, well, we need to public, we need to write something, maybe put it out there that that gives our thoughts on what everybody's not understanding about the internet. Uh, and, and on one side, it was a, a kind of a, an anti-marketing screed that was all about how to do better marketing as well by being real with people. And on the other hand, it was all about individual empowerment. And uh, Chris Locke, who was really the heart and voice of the, of the manifesto. Uh, Cause he's the one, he's the one that pulled all of us together uh, and he's gone now, sadly, but um, uh, he is a great writer, a really, all of us are good writers, but he was a, a really special character. Um, I used to joke about him that he never crossed the bridge. He didn't burn uh, <laughs> because he just didn't tolerate any bullshit and he made fun of it and just had an awful lot of, of fun skewering people and, and bad ideas and things and, and doing it eloquently. He was kind of the Hunter S. Thompson of, of tech at the time, I think. Anyway, um, Chris is also really good with graphics. He sent out this little graphic to us that, that said, we are not seats or eyeballs or end users or consumers we are human beings and our reach exceeds your grasp. Deal with it. And that totally adrenalized us. We, the other three of us, it's like, okay, that's it. We have to write this thing. And, and we came up with 95 theses because that worked for Luther. And we called it a manifesto because that worked for Marx. And it is one of the butt ugliest sites you'll ever see. It's, uh, it's at cluetrain.com that one word, cluetrain.com. And if, and if you go there, most of what you see is straight out of, you know, straight out of 1999. And some things have been appended to it since. Like we, we, we wanted signatories, uh, people who would sign it, and we cut it off at about 1,000 because a pa the page loaded too slow. And everybody was on dial-up back then, um, anybody who was an ordinary citizen and not working in a company. Uh, and just a lot of cool conversations happened around it. And that's when we got contacted by uh, a bunch of people who wanted to, wanted it to be a book. And and the book, after it came out in early 2000, um, was immediately a business bestseller, uh, both on the New York Times bestseller list and on Amazon. And 
eventually came to be published in nine languages. And it still sells. It still sells on Amazon, even though, and perhaps because, the entire book, the original book, is online at the Clue Train site for free. Anybody can read it. Uh, just go to the site and look around for where you can, or just go to cluetrain.com slash book. I think I think that'll get it for you. Um, and and uh, the, the opening thesis was Markets Are Conversations, and that's Interestingly, something I had been saying just as a matter of course in my own work for decades, but it wasn't until it went into the Clue Train Manifesto that it took off. And it was probably the most quoted line. And, yeah. and, the and most after that, too. the conversation, everybody talked about, oh, are you in the conversation? The conversation about most valuable player. Who's in the most valuable player conversation? That pretty much started with that book. Um, where conversation became the term for um, a topic. And, um, and the marketers totally ran with it. The problem, and this is, one <laughs> of the, this is the downside of it, really, the way I would say that there's several ways Clue Train has not succeeded. One way it succeeded is it stayed popular. It became a meme. It hasn't gone away as a meme. Um, a lot of people salute it. A lot of people say it changed their lives, that it it just woke industry up and a bunch of other stuff like that. And I think those things are all to some degree true, but I'd rather talk about where it's failed because that's, I don't think of it as so much as failure as we haven't succeeded at this yet. And, and that is that we are still, to go back to Chris Locke's original thing, we are still seats, eyeballs, end users, and consumers, and our reach does not exceed the grasp of the big companies out there. They are, we didn't even imagine this at the time, but they're tracking us like marked animals, and privacy is pretty much non-existent uh, for in, if you're using a, if you have anything but the most locked down browser, unless you're using the Tor browser or the Epic browser or one of the others that that's in a mode where Nothing is remembered by anybody, and half the you websites drop don't your work. Your phone into a like aluminum yeah. foil. Yeah, pouch. I mean, <laughs> that's if, your if, other if, option. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, if, I mean, if if you've unless you've Faraday caged everything in your life, um, <laughs> you're you're highly exposed, and and it's not just on your phone; it's it's in your car. Every new car sold oh, yeah. has 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 a cell phone in it that's narking on you. Mm-hmm. I and think I, did passengers. I show you a, did I take a picture did I show you the picture of my like GDPR notice when I first like started my yeah. for the first time? Yeah. It has this whole thing. You have there's a like long privacy statement, you know, things you can consent to and opt out of and it was kind of mind-blowing, you know. Yeah. What, you, yeah, yeah. It's a 2021 model, so that that's and I, I don't know exactly when that started, but yeah, it's kind of amazing I, I how think much it started in, can share. In the early teens and um uh, but your television, it's the same thing with your TV. There is not a TV sold that it does not want to narc on you and want to. And one of the reasons like a Vizio TV is cheap. It is one of the cheapest and a Hisense and a TCL are your cheaper TVs is because they're selling your data all over the place. They're making it up on the, on this weird back end. And it's not your data. It's data about you, metadata about you. And it's, those are just two examples, and we're we're fighting this fight. I've been fighting that fight ever since, and I'm going to continue fighting that fight. But it's one of the ways that 
um, the clues that the companies wanted in spite of their more enlightened marketers were ones that were utterly privacy uh, compromising and bad. And, um, and unfortunately, marketers that are plugged into that system far outnumber the ones that, that honored what Clutrain was about. So, so there's that. Um, and, but, but I, you know, anyway, I'm optimistic about it still because I'm a, I'm a cyber utopian. That's what I, that's what got us together to write Clue Train in the first place. And I remain that I, I want to see the upside of things rather than the downside. So, but, but work toward them. So that's so pretty it, much where we're at. It was obviously incredibly prophetic. I mean, I, I can say the, the ideas in Clue Train probably they changed my life. I mean, they, they, they had a profound effect on what I do for a living, frankly, the way, I mean, I, it helps that, you know, we have our, the shared Linux journal history, but, but where I ended up, I'm, I'm quite literally in a position where I have conversations with people, you know what I mean? It's yeah. 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 Like a very literal interpretation of that. And it is to advance a commercial interest, to, you know, uh, but it, it, it also happens to be very fun and interesting, but the way that we think about, um, businesses interacting with businesses and consumers and has changed quite a lot. And I think a lot of it has to do with the ideas that came about as a result of, of clue train. So it was obviously incredibly prophetic, but I, I wonder, I wonder what else, I mean, besides that, obviously that, that most quoted thing that markets are conversations, what else was the most prophetic thing that came out of it? Well, I, so um, thesis number seven um is one of David Weinberger's and uh, it says um, hyperlinks subvert hierarchy. And I think that's just utterly true. It's been true from the beginning. It's still true. The The fact that anybody could link to anything um, that we don't need, don't need permission for it. Uh, the, the inherently egalitarian nature of the net um, that it's an end to end system by design. It's not, it does not by design privilege one node over another. Um, uh, those are a big part of what Clutrain says. An awful lot of the other 95 theses are frankly packing material. We just got it. They just got us to 95. There's some that are a little bit wrong. I mean, one of them says, um, forget the advertising. We don't care. Just go away. It was something like that. I forget what it is exactly. <laughs> but something that was quite positive about it, I think, and it still applies, is that um, it was very big, and this is mostly David and Chris talking, it was very big about the human voice. And 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 that's one reason we have podcasts now, I think. It's that mm -hmm. people, people want to deal with human beings. They want to deal with other human beings. We would like to have AI help us for this or that. We would like to have machine answers for some things that are easily answered by machines. Um, obviously, we wouldn't have search engines. We wouldn't have the more constructive forms of AI, for example. But, um, you know, if, if you have a problem, like I was talking to you offline earlier about how I found that the IP address for this drop on our Xfinity um, ISP's lines, um, the one I'm talking to you over right now, it's on a, an, a you know, a, it's blacklisted for spamming. <laughs> I'm sure no spamming happened from here. And it may have been a prior 
occupant of this house. Who knows? We're new in this house, in this location. But um, I really need to talk to a human being at Netgear about how to make this get fixed because Netgear is the router and or the cable modem router. And there's something I have to do inside of that, I am told by Comcast, um, which runs Xfinity. And I, w- I need a human being there. And I'm going to give up until that happens. You know, it's, uh, there are so many things for which you need human beings. And, uh, and we are human. human. We're talking animals. You know, we, we learn from each other. Uh, and, and that was a, a huge part of what Clutrain said, that, that companies tended to sound like companies and people sound like people. And companies are comprised of people. Uh, Chris Locke said, you know, you pop the top off any company and what you find are people in there. And those people often know more about the company than what the company's marketing people are saying and know better things. And there's just, you know, and that's what your business, that's what you do. And, you know, at, at Intel, I think, am I wrong about that? That's kind of your job. Well, talk, talk to be a human voice inside <laughs> to be the company. A human voice, yeah, inside and out. And, yeah, <laughs> there's I so mean, many inhuman ones there. I guess. <laughs> I mean, at I the end know. of the day, yes, it is my job to be a human that that talks and communicates in a human way, <laughs> and not in a uh, glossy, uh, kind of polished, non-human robotic way. And I think that's that is um, not that anybody else does. It's just. <laughs> You know, it, but it is, yeah, I mean, that, that's certainly, you know, it's why we're here. We're here to have real conversations, to move, move thing, move common goals forward, right? That's what open, I mean, again, my specific role is an open, is part of the open ecosystem. So our specific goals are to move things forward. Like, uh, you know, a lot, like any, again, we, t- we, we mentioned, I don't know, actually, maybe this was before we were recording or no, no, we were the Linux foundation, a lot of events, right? Uh, corporate, um, Trade, trade union, basically, right? A bunch of entities come together to move things forward that are in everybody's common interest. One in, in, in my current area of interest is security. So I'm interested yeah. in moving that conversation forward to make things better for other people. But you have to have a real human conversation in order to do that. Yeah. So that, um, that's my soapbox. <laughs> no, that's a good box. <laughs> You can't, you know, it, uh, it's not something that can be automated away. It's not, I mean, the automation helps, but anyway, it's, it's a human, it's a human problem and a human, and we will require a human solution. <laughs> the uh, National Lampoon, when they existed early on, they had a, uh, um, a fake newspaper, like a, a beautifully done, it looked just like a real newspaper, is the Dakron, Ohio Republican Democrat. That was the name of the newspaper. And uh, and it had an insert in it that was from a company called Swillmart. And their and their 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 slogan was where quality is a slogan. And that's that's the corporate voice you were talking about. And also it's more than coincidental. It's it's quite it was a cause. I mean, the Clue Train happened. I mean, we started working on Clue Train in 98. It was in early 98 that the term open source was really created by the, I mean, it had been used by military before that, but it became the, you know, a topic, you know, and the job for both of us after that. I mean, I worked yeah. on Linux, but um, for, it both worked for Linux Journal, but open source was really the cause, the kind of, and mm-hmm. and and Clue Train was part of that movement. Um, if if open source hadn't taken off in '98, 
I'm not sure we would have written Clue Train in late 98 and early 99, written a website. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure we would have done that um, because a lot of the the wind at our sails were, you know, people like Bruce Perrins and Eric Raymond and and many others that uh, Larry Augustine, Mad Dog, uh, so many of them, you know, that were now friends and talking about this stuff and we're involved in the conversations that led up to Clue Train being published. So, so the, you know, you can see the fingerprints as it were of, of open source in there. It's probably mentioned in the book or at, at least as well, because the book was written that summer. It's a little bit later, hmm. a little bit more happened by then. So we, I know we have to wrap up pretty soon. So I think maybe, yeah, maybe a, rel- a, a tease a, a for our next episode. Yeah, well, 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 we'll do another one and we'll talk about because I want to and I'll put this in your head because I kind of want to know I, the next thing I would like to talk about is, you know, if, if you w- were to revise it today, 25 years later, I wonder like how where where would that be? Like, well, I want kind of want to change like if you were approaching the same whatever problem, if, if you can call it that, that you were addressing at the time 25 years ago, how might you address that? Wow. differently it's a now good one. and what would the new problem mean the new problem might be completely different but prob- the, the related, new problem is different yeah so th- th- a couple of things first we did have a 10th anniversary edition that came out in 09 um that had um uh additional chapters by each of the four original authors mine was called markets or relationships and that was based on mm-hmm. a bunch of things i learned since then uh but uh, Dan Gilmore, J.P. Rangaswamy, Jake McKee, I think, were three others that we had write a chapter for that one. And then in 2015, if you go to the Clue Train site and then append new clues to it, let me make sure this works as I'm talking. Um, uh, David Weinberger and I wrote new clues as an, as an appendix, kind of an addendum. Uh, let's see, cluetrain.com, and then I add slash new clues. Uh, it should be there. Yeah, it is. New clues. Um, we had a dead armadillo on the cover of the first first one. And there's an armadillo chained to a a bike in in this one, and and the, the point we wanted to make there is, it, and I and this is one of the things we didn't say in the original that's important is that is what the internet is. What is the internet, mm-hmm. and and whose is it? And our case is that the internet is not what gets built on it. It's not. It's not the the big gatekeepers as the as as Europe calls them. Um, it's not platforms. It's it's us. It it belongs to us. It is ours, kind of in the same way as Earth and the gravity are ours. And so new clues added a lot. Now I've talked to David about this. He said, "Boy, I'd change a few things in that too by now." So that's a good question. Time for an update. <laughs> yeah, it is time for an update, maybe. But well, the, think, think about it, and, and yeah. You know, but here's what. Well, but here's what I'm going to do. Is here's my plug for my, my myself here, um, on my blog, which is at doc.searles.com. I'm going to be writing a series of blog posts that are about Clue Train and and where and and answering that question. To to me, it's all about human agency. It's all about it's all about our own our own power, both individually and collectively, and um, evidence of that is abundant, but yet the bigs want to control us <laughs> still, you know, you listen to marketing talk, uh, you know, we are seats and eyeballs and interests to consumers. And we, we are targets that they want to acquire and manage and control and lock in. And that's the language they use. And, um, 
uh, we are more than that. And so that's kind of what it's about still. Cool. And I'll be writing about that. Well, oh, cool. So yeah, so so next time we'll hear more. And I guess our final our final thoughts are uh, maybe another plug for remind people. See us at scale. See us at scale. My personal awesome. AI summit. <laughs> and another plug, actually, I'm also. Um, well, no, I'll, I'll save that plug for later. I'll save that plug for the next episode. Yeah, do It'll be a little spoiler. I have another plug. <laughs> Good. <laughs> for later. Put a bunch of pins and needles. Okay, cool. That's great. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Until next time.